Hey, Brayden, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, Dr. Keener. Uh, listen, you know, we're already a handful of episodes in to Mentor Moments, and we just want to take this time to thank our guests and our listeners for continuing to, to tune in and listen to um, us and also the uh, awesome guests that we have uh, every single episode and just continuing to support us. Right on. We couldn't be more happy with the success we've had. And just a reminder, Mentor Moments is a collaboration between the Missouri Rehab Association Eastern Chapter and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. We'd like you to stay tuned for another episode of Mentor Moments. The teenage and adult time is, is just so neat. And if you can take the time to listen to kids at that age, they have so much to offer and they just, they, they just want what everyone else wants. On this episode of Mentor Moments, we have Laura Weeks. Laura Weeks is a current graduate student at Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. Okay. Well, Laura, thank you again for joining us on Mentor Moments. Uh, we would love just to hear a little bit about you. What what brings you uh, into our podcast episode? Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, I would say I'm a little bit of a less traditional student here from Maryville. I've had a couple of other careers. I first taught middle school education, and then I stayed home for a number of years while I raise my kids. So this is kind of the third thing that I'm doing. And as my kids got older, I, I started to realize that I definitely had to do something. I wasn't just going to sit at home and, you know, knit. I don't knit, but the equivalent of knitting <laughs> for, for the rest of my life. And I thought about going back into education, but I really was drawn to the one-on-one -on -one. that was always part of teaching that I liked best. Um, and I kind of said that's where I could best, best use my talents and, and give back and and kind of help people along the way is by by going and finding a counseling program. Yeah, I like, you know, we hear a lot of students sometimes, and, you know, I guess I heard you say this, it's a calling. You had this calling to come back. And again, to me, calling, vocations, finding that purpose and meaning and just. Yeah, I definitely agree. And because I think I am a little bit older and it's not right out of college. I've had a lot of time to think about what I'm good at, what I can give back to you, what I'm not as good at, and really kind of tailor what I want to do at this point in my life towards what I know I can give. And that's that's kind of how I ended up here. And Maryville was really the first program that I looked at and it ended up being the one that I, that I ended up at, obviously. Uh, some of it was because it is a program that's... Um, accredited, and that was really important to me. It also was close, which was practical concern, but that was that was important to me. And it just seemed like a very welcoming environment. The fact, like I said, that I'm older, it didn't seem to be a, you know, an obstacle. And there's just a great variety of students um, that are here, which was which was a major draw initially. Well, we're certainly happy that you, you chose us. And <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing awesome, by the way. Uh, uh, just being a student as well, I'm curious of if there's any classes that have stood out to you in the program so far that have been like real game changers or anything that you've um, has been really surprising or that you really enjoyed um, so far in the program. There are. That's a really good question, actually. 
Um, there are three, I would say. The family therapy class, I really loved the first couple of classes in when Dr. B started talking about systems and how nobody exists as an individual. We're all kind of affected by those mm -hmm. around us and we affect them. It's kind of a light bulb moment. I was like, well, that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. An individual in counseling, obviously you can really help them and that's, that's great, but you have to take into consideration all the other forces and people and cultural yes. influences in their lives. And I was like, oh, I get this now. So that was kind of fascinating. Um, and then the group therapy class, I didn't realize that there was actually so much theory behind groups. I was like, you get a group of people together and they just kind of talk, but there's so much to it. Um, and that's an area I'd really like to kind of explore more and do have some more practice in. And then my research class, because <laughs> <course>. research <laughs> is not something I am naturally good at. And I've been quite a while since I've taken math, like high school, which was a while ago. So I was, I was terrified of that class. But it ended up being a really rewarding experience and, and I did well and it was very, very challenging and it took a tremendous amount of time, but I learned a ton and it was a good lesson that things you're not that great at, they don't have to be that scary. I certainly wouldn't go into research, but uh, you know, I'm glad that I had that experience and I, there, it was really challenging. It was, it was a healthy experience. I can definitely agree with that. Take, <laughs> taking those courses, everything that you've said, I have, I, I agree like tremendously with. Um, I had such a great time in research and the same thing about group. Like there's so much more to group than like, it we're is. just hanging out and we're just chatting. No, there is. There's like a science to there's it. There's a like, system. Yes. And it made so much more sense. You think of good athletic teams that you were on or good groups of whatever type, good companies you're a part of, they whether they know it or not, they use those principles. So it kind mm -hmm. of makes sense when you think back and successful group type situations you've been a part of. Well, hearing that just kind of warms my heart here a little they, bit. And, yes. you know, full disclosure, you know, I do teach research in groups, so not, <laughs> and, and there's no, you know, power differential here. You know, they've taken group <laughs> research. I guess going back to education, or you know, again, you talked about being, you know, a teacher, and, and I have early childhood experience, and like, I guess I see similarities in what, what I like about both. I don't know, you know, do you see similarities in, in being a teacher and working to develop students just as you would sort of work with with clients i do absolutely i mean i think there's a big education piece obviously when you're in education but in a more holistic sense helping people understand who they are how they can get to the next point in their life whether it's through formal education or through a counseling type of thing um and just being able to relate to people which i think is what education is about and what counseling is about and what I really like doing. And I guess that's kind of where the switch in careers came as well because I enjoy the teaching part and you know English was my thing and I still enjoy doing that, but I enjoyed more the personal connections. Having kids come into my class after school and sitting down with them one-on-one, -on -one, that was what I really, really loved the most. So that was part of, part of switching focus a little bit. Oh yeah, just making therapeutic connections, right? The relationship mm -hmm. factor. And, exactly. And and then seeing change from, from that perspective. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing, my first year of teaching, I had a group of kids that were kind of the problem kids. It was seventh and eighth grade. And not knowing anything about what I was doing, I just kind of went and was like, great, we're going to do what I would do with whomever. And they, seeing the change in these kids who no one really thought we're going to do that great. And they're like, you can have them because no one else really wants them. And it was a great 
It was a great mm-hmm. little class. They were all boys. I think there were like eight of them, and they were kind of the troublemakers. But they did great in my class, and they were reading and they were writing, and you know they're not going to become poets or anything, but they enjoyed it. And they're like, I'm reading this magazine, and and their excitement when you don't have expectations about what someone can and can't do mm-hmm. was really neat to mm-hmm. see. So I think that's something that I keep in mind counseling yeah. too. When I get to see somebody do something for the first time and then the self-efficacy they get from it, that's, yeah, that's what makes it so rewarding. That, right. oh, I never knew I could do this. Or I was never took pride in being a student. Mm-hmm. And now I see myself in a different light. Oh, yes, I can write. I can read. I can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that empowerment piece is so huge. And I, I'm seeing, like, how it would translate over to, like, from a rehab counseling standpoint, like, how... That could carry over to you know empowering clients maybe in the disability world or in, in those cases i could see how those skills would easily carry over to that just empowerment and that autonomy piece for sure is there anything about you um that has really helped you so far just being a student being a professional anything um that has like given you sort of like an edge i think i've just had a lot of different experiences uh, you know, raising kids and you know, my parents are older and just running into a lot of just different people through life, I think, is an advantage. Even though I'm new to the profession and I'm doing it formally, I feel like I've kind of been counseling varieties of people of all ages for a very, very, very long time. And seeing kind of a, not quite a lifespan, but a variety of ages and issues, I think it just broadens your perspective. and helps me at least to understand, okay, I'm not going to judge someone who has a mental illness or a disability because there are all kinds and everyone has something to add. Um, so I think that perspective is a huge for me. Mm-hmm. And even in situations like during my practicum when I wasn't super confident about what I was doing, I could take a deep breath and be like, okay, I've seen a few other things that are different. I've been in yes. situations that are challenging and I can do something with this. I can be empathetic and understanding at least. And I think that's a huge part of, of whether you work in mental health. I really enjoy mental health or disability or folk rehab is listening. That's what, that's what people really want. Um, then figuring out how to listen to different types of people. So Laura, you're at your internship, your last two classes. Tell us you know, where you're doing your internship and what you hope to get out of it. Yeah, I've been doing my internship at a private practice, group practice, uh, down in St. Charles called Step-by-Step Counseling. And I'm actually starting in a couple of days. I will have my first client, 9 o'clock on on a Monday morning. And I am hoping to really just learn from all the professionals there. There's a variety of counselors with a variety of specialties. There's some play therapists. There's some family counselors. There's people that specialize in adults, couples. Um, I really like adolescents and young adults, so that's kind of where I hope to find a niche. Um, but it seems like a really supporting, supportive atmosphere, which I enjoy. And I think one of the things that I actually learned about in job class that I had this spring is the importance of finding a fit between where you're going to be and your personality. Um, so a lot of things that I was going through my head when I was looking when I was searching, seemed to match this particular place. They give you a lot of autonomy, but still support. Um, you know, they do have a lot of policies in place, but also you have some autonomy and kind of the flexibility of private practice. I also, I also, you know, that was appealing to me. 
So yeah, work culture is something that is like I, I had never even heard about like work culture until I started uh, you know mm -hmm. the program. And now I'm like I'm like realizing now it was a, it's a question that I ask in interviews or if I'm being interviewed for a job, I, I'm always asking what is the work culture? What is the culture of the setting like? Because it's such a big piece. It's such a huge piece, yeah. and I think it's super important to know yourself well enough that you know where you would thrive because people are extremely different, and also. A place where they can kind of make up for your weaknesses a little bit because you know I'm, I'm not super great at paperwork and organization but they have some systems for that already in place so that's great for me I can kind of rely on that because it's already in place and just do what I do well which is you know the interpersonal stuff so kind of knowing both your strengths and your weaknesses mm -hmm. I think can be really helpful in looking for for a good fit in an internship for a job well, I'm pretty excited for you because, you know, not only do we want our students to sort of learn the skill, so, okay, do the private practice and learning the, the counseling there, but also, as Brayton, you were saying, just sort of understand the work environment and sort of, again, what you like or need or don't need. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, when we graduate, we just want to jump at that first job with, you know, with the best salary, but yet... Mm -hmm. The work culture isn't isn't there, and so you know again we, we need to. You're interviewing them just like you're they're interviewing you at, mm -hmm. at the site. So absolutely, yeah. and I think that's a reason why also it's important to do your practicum and internship in different settings. And my practicum was a very different setting, which I really really enjoyed, but just for me right now it wasn't the right place and the right fit. Even though I I love the work and I love the population and it's a fantastic place. It was very demanding, and it's just that's not kind of where I am right now. So taking what you learn from one experience and then saying, okay, this I liked, this I didn't like, and, mm -hmm. and then trying to find something else that fits you a little bit better, I think. Well, you had mentioned it earlier, just the, the place, the life phase you're in, you enjoy the flexibility of being a, a professional rehabilitation counselor that you could maybe work in the morning or in the evenings, the mm -hmm. afternoons, or, you know, again, that, that you really get that... Uh, um, you have a job that really matches your life phase as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's important wherever you are in your life, yeah. life phase. Yeah. So like speaking from, uh, speaking from somebody who also enjoys like working with adolescents, um, I'm completing my internship at Youth in Need. I'm curious, um, if there's anything, you know, working with adolescents that really sticks out to you, if there's any trends that you're looking to like learn more about, but I'm curious if there's anything, you know, working with adolescents that has been like a big highlight for you that you enjoy so much? Um, I don't know in terms of theory whether there's anything. I think I love adolescents and young adults because it's a population that so many people are kind of dismissed. So they're like, oh, it's just teenagers or oh, we don't really have to, they're rebellious and they kind of get a bad rap. But I think the teenage young adult time is, is just so neat. And if you can take the time to listen, to kids at that age, they have so much to offer, and they just they, they just want what everyone else wants to listen to be listened to to be heard. They need some encouragement, mm -hmm. a little bit of confidence, um, and I just you know I've always I've just yeah I just love I love the age I always have. <laughs> oh, we can tell. No, I can yeah. I can definitely tell. Yeah, we all need an advocate in our corner or mm -hmm. support coach, mm -hmm. counselor, you know who that yes. Yep. In fact, I'm a little more intimate about working with adults in, in the private practice. That my first client's going to be an adult. I'm like, oh, I wish it was a teenager. Not that I wish, but <laughs> I, I'm not quite as comfortable. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will get there. Yeah. It's good to have a broad experience, yeah. but it is funny when you really find 
something you're most comfortable at. Yeah. We'll need to have you back in a couple of weeks, right? So you can give to the listeners <laughs> an update, will. right? You know, just, but, uh. So one of the things, you know, Mentor Moments is uh, in conjunction with the Missouri Rehab Association Eastern Chapter. And um, just really this past semester, the Maryville student organization sort of joined with MRA to better do collaboration. But Laura, you reached out to us. I sort of wanted to get more involved. So, what, you know, why why did you do that? What do you hope to gain for, you know, being, I don't know, a little bit more active with our student organization and then potentially with the Missouri Rehab Association Eastern Chapter? Well, first of all, you guys are just such a professional, fun pair oh, that I, I had to join in. Um, <laughs> I think it was a couple of things. First, the importance of just making professional connections, and, and that's important in any profession. And also, for me, I think it's a good balance because since I enjoy the mental health more, being exposed to kind of a broader, the, the broader array or whatever the word is, um, in the profession, kind of vocational rehab side, I still want to stay connected with that because I think no matter what you do in the field, the vocational piece and the disability piece is is extremely important because you're going to have people that come in to a private practice that have similar concerns about jobs, mental health, disabilities. You know, everyone's been affected by that, um, and so staying connected with that is important to me. And I think for students, just having the support of an organization behind them a little bit um, it is a resource that we should all kind of start to use more and, and be more involved with. Totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to open this uh, time up for you to share any kind of tips um, or anything that you would like to share as your mentor moment to our listeners. Yeah, that's a good question. I think a couple of things. I think, first of all, not to be afraid to kind of make a switch and do something different, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable at first. So, so it was definitely intimidating to walk in my first class, not having been in school for a while. And my first paper was somewhat of a nightmare to kind of get through, but you do get through it and it's it's okay. And you can rely on the professors in this program. They're, they're great. So to kind of go for it, whatever the changes you might be contemplating. Um, and I think the other thing, which I mentioned a little bit before, is, is knowing yourself, both in terms of the academics and in terms of where you want to go. Because people are at such different stages, and I'm at a very different stage than you are, right? And, then, and knowing that and understanding where you are and how you can fit in, I think, makes the whole process of school and finding internships and jobs a lot easier. Um, so I guess those would be my two my yeah, I love that. I love the, the the individual piece. You cannot compare, like, but like being like comparing exactly. to. There's no point in it. You can't do it. Everyone is on a different path, and I mean that that applies to. I think we try to apply that to our our clients, but it can be so hard mm -hmm. to apply it to ourselves. So I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I mean, okay with that. Yeah. that someone's older, younger, this, that, or whatever. But you know, realizing that everyone has something to offer, um, and. Yeah, which again took me a little while too to kind of realize, okay, people are going to listen, and I can listen to people younger, older, whatever, and that, and that's, and that's all right. So, well, Laura, we just want to thank you for being a guest. You've been awesome, and we wish you continued success. Well, thank you very much. So, if you're listening to this, that means that you're listening to Mentor Moments. 
that means that you're probably listening on either Spotify or Apple Music, or maybe you're listening some other way. Uh, we just want to recommend that you continue to listen. Uh, tune into some of our previous episodes um, and stay tuned. Subscribe to us um, because we'll have plenty more episodes coming your way as well. In addition to the podcast, we have two other ways for you to stay connected with the Missouri Rehabilitation Association Eastern Chapter and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. We are proud to announce the creation of a YouTube channel and a blog. Both the blog and the YouTube channel will have all things related to the Missouri Rehab Association Eastern Chapter and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. Check us out.